What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the New Agent Podcast. Um, man, honestly, I got to be completely candid. It feels really weird to say that because <laughs> it started. That's my phone making that noise. Uh, I started with that, and you know, obviously, with the transformation, like I told you, from one podcast format to the other, uh, we landed with the Nick and Nick podcast. So I addressed that first because I want to get some politics out of the way. Uh, so obviously, like I mentioned to you earlier, what I've told a lot of our uh, people through different mediums, through YouTube, through Facebook, Instagram, is that Nick and Nick is um, taking a backseat for right now. Uh, so what that basically means is that Nick's got a bunch of stuff he's trying to handle. His business is growing at rampant rates and he just doesn't have the time to, to vote. And I mean, that's just the way life is. You know, I wish that I could say I had the same problem, but um, <laughs> that all being said, so, you know, here moving forward, the the NAP is back in effect, New Agent Podcast. Uh, with that, always the whole idea was to showcase my you know, my um, experience, but also showcase experiences of new agents, right? So right. Uh, today I have the fortunate pleasure of working with a buddy of mine, actually a guy that just started here. What? How long did you start? Uh, a little over a month. Okay, so yeah. uh, introduce yourself, man. Yeah, so uh, name's Ryan White and uh, been in business for myself. I was one of those that uh, uh, was downsized by COVID into self-employment. So... Um, it, it, to be honest, it waited way too long to get into self-employment. I always felt like uh, being employed, people got to tell me how how valuable I was, and uh, I don't like that. I want to be able to set those standards. So being on my own is exciting. It's fun. It's terrifying. And it never stops. <laughs> There's no clock. So... All of that said, that fits my personality. A little bit about myself. I have also been in Christian ministry for very close to 20 years. Really? Uh, yep. Um, I have been in youth ministry for quite a few of those years. Not actively doing youth ministry now, but I am doing music. Uh, so worship music, uh, worship leadership at the church. And uh, man, I love it. I, it's just part of who I am. And uh, so, yeah, the other elephant in the room is why do I use a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know if that's visible, but uh, but that's okay. Oh, I was going to call you out on it too because you have an interesting story, though. Like, that's, I, I do, I do. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Perry wants to call me Wheels, which is totally cool. <laughs> Hey, make, uh, make, make a make a brand or make a name for yourself. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, born with a a disability called spina bifida, it's the number one crippler among newborns in the U.S., maybe the world, for the last forty years. Um, so basically, it's a spinal issue, the spinal column in the affected area of the of the back did not form correctly. And when I was born, not to get too gory, but there was exposure to the spinal cord. Oh, shit. And, uh, to the spinal cord itself. Like, what do you mean, like so, external exposure? Like a yes, compound external or something like that? Well, the, the column did not close up, so it's just a plate, and it's open. Jesus. So, immediate reparation surgery, uh, which is... As a newborn. As a... As, yeah, newborn. So they have to close you up because you can't go around with a with your spine no. hanging out your back. No, no. Um, but 
my level of disability is uh, fairly low and the way spina bifida works is wherever that region is on your back determines where your level of paralysis is so mine's very low it's in very low so it affects my my lower legs and a little bit of the upper legs the reason i'm actually in the wheelchair as opposed to walking which is what i've done most of my life is i had a back injury yeah, you were at work right you carry like yeah, was, one too many boxes yeah i was, I was carrying uh, doing things that uh, somebody with my disability should not do and uh, just trying to make a buck you know and uh, took a step and uh, the rest is history uh, felt like power lines going up my legs uh, was it was a Wednesday by Friday I was in emergency surgery I've now had three of those to try to get back to where I was before the injury which was walking with just leg braces and how old are you I am 36 wow and that started when I was 27. Where, so, so to, okay, so injury aside, let's get some back history, right? Where are you from? I know, yeah. you, I know you're married, you have a kid, but aside from that, tell us a little bit about where you're from and your history. I was raised on the east side of Dallas uh, on in Forney, um, and I spent the first half of my childhood in Mesquite, and then I moved out to Forney, graduated there, um, kind of traveled around with my parents as they were, you know, pastoring different churches and stuff. Uh, hung out with them while I finished college, finally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in 2009, uh, with a degree from Dallas Baptist University. Nice. Um, and what did your office Communications. Oh, okay. Well, you yeah, yeah. So, right so absolutely. Finally get to use my degree today. Yeah. Like I told you, I have a degree in audio, you know, in audio engineering. And right. And this is probably as close as it ever gets for me to actually exactly. recording anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I told you this for yep. me, and I know the people that have watched this before, that I find this extremely um, exhilarating. Oh, and it's a, it's a blast. You know, when we're done, I, I'm on a high that I am not normally on just you know it's awesome it's well i guess that sounds bad doesn't it i'm not normally on uh, but anywho i was probably the only one thinking that so that's a moot point let's keep moving <laughs> um so i'd be curious to know obviously and so my my background um i grew up next door to my pastor who i still talk to to this day mark yeah. is a great guy um so knowing what i know about that life and knowing what I know about what we do in the insurance business and sales, <laughs> how in the hell do you make that work and how do you keep your wife happy? Because that was my biggest hurdle was keeping my the mother, my son happy while I was doing sales and I failed miserably. So, I mean, my wife is great. Uh, she knows that, you know, I'm not, I'm to be honest, I'm not called to be an employee. Yeah, and and she's she's got me, but backed up a hundred percent. As a matter of fact, I can't do any of what I've ever done career-wise without her. Um, just backing me up and keeping me motivated, and sometimes being that that spur in my in my gut when I need it. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, she's fantastic, and uh, it, it's hard and being a new dad is hard uh, because um, you know just the other day my my little girl she she's 16 months old and 
she called me Night Night Dada. Meaning like your stomach just went yeah, yeah yeah exactly so meaning that i am here when i go night uh, that you're here when i go night night and you're not when i get up and i'm like oh gosh my gosh my gosh it's only for a season and this is the season to do it yes so I've, I've talked about on here i can i'll document this another time too but you know perry told me when i started here he said just give me six months of your life especially when open enrollment started just give me six months and I remember there was we were sitting in that conference room, and he said to me, he said, um, he said, when you when you go home today, you're gonna have to tell Flynn that he's gonna have the best Christmas he's ever had. However, in order for that to happen, he's gonna have to not see you for probably about 45 to 50 days. And I mean, that's ultimately what ended up happening. Where yeah. I was once a week seeing Flynn, but on the flip side, Perry was right. You know, right. so I can say Perry's name on here. You know, we we keep a PC about the details, um, but everybody that's part of this podcast group online that's watched me do this knows everything about the den like i am fully open with this yeah. culture because you know i know it's very unique there's nothing else like this and so that gets me to asking you the question of you knew chris coming in here but what's your insurance history like how did you even get into this line of insurance so my daughter um i was employed and i was actually working for a, a just a phenomenal guy in dallas and he's he actually is, is he he ran an annuity house, okay. um, and FMO, and just absolutely love the guy. And uh, my wife ended up pregnant, and I was just marketing. By the way, folks, that's proof to anybody out there wondering if he's in a wheelchair. Is, is, does it still work? Uh, it <laughs> yeah. does. So, so um, sorry to get that out of the way. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, so. I was marketing as a non-agent for him to agents, and uh, he just, he knew it, I knew it, he couldn't pay me enough, and so when my wife got pregnant, I had that, I went to his house and I said, we gotta, we gotta talk, man. He said, yeah, I know. Um, so what ended up happening is, is he helped me get into, because my Funding was so low at that moment. No capital, no, in, yeah, I mean, just everything was going to bills. Um, so he he uh, put me in a, in a licensing class, and uh, he said, "Here's what I've done in the past. If uh, is you'll pay for the test, and if you pass, I'll I'll pay you back." And I said, "I I don't have that. How about this? I'm gonna ace the test, and then if I don't." I'll pay you back. And he said, okay, deal. Um, so he bought my license, basically. Um, and shortly after that, I, I uh, was on Indeed and, and ended up in the spot where Chris was, uh, just down the road um, at another agency. And I never made more money in my life than when I was with Chris. Mm -hmm. So... The opportunity to to come back into this situation where I would be with Chris, I was like, dude, I'm taking it for real. Did a, a little brief stint in life insurance. Really hated it, and couldn't couldn't connect with with the leads that were given to me. So I wanted to get into my own lead, my own lead generation. If I can generate a lead, 
I'm going to connect. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving me a lead that I'm buying, there are many variables that I just don't know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I hated it. So, I get yeah. uh, getting into this, it's a slow process, though. Uh, the pipeline building, uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's tough. It's By the way, tough. pardon me messing with my mic uh, for you because it's a distraction, and for everybody, I'm just this is the setup being new. I want to make sure that I'm <laughs> not uh, sounding like a complete and utterly dumb shit. <laughs> anyway, so um, never made any more money you know, than you had working with Chris. And then, so you've known Chris for give or take, what, two, three years? It's maybe? been about two years, yeah. Um, and then you were in that, you were doing, you were there until when? COVID. Okay. Um, so, so I... So you in the nine months between when COVID first started and when you came here? Uh, life. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, okay uh, so I was downsized in, uh, downsized on in April of last year. Okay. And um, had a, a, a previous networking relationship with a, with a guy who was doing uh, life insurance, mortgage protection. Called him and said, hey, let's, let's do lunch. And ended up working in his office for, for that, that interim. Paid your bills. Uh, okay. Until about October. <laughs> Things dried up. Um, you know what I think? Cold calls died this year mm-hmm. I think cold calls caught the Rona mm-hmm. and that's how we were doing our business there and it just wasn't working for me anymore so wife and I had a conversation said you got to find something and I was like yeah I know and uh, first thing I did is I got on the phone with Chris and here I am so Fast forward, say forty days. You've been here, right? Yeah. What's your experience like? What, you, what would, um, you know, coming with the foundation? I guess the premise of knowing that this is very unique. What we do here. Uh, that all aside, what what do you what are your experiences so far? What's the ups, the downs, the go home and cry in your car type nights, or go home and you know <laughs> celebrate with a bottle of champagne type of nights? So yeah, um, try to make as many small victories in a day hey fucking man i'll give you that that uh that you can because you're going to have failures every day and if you can stack your victories up against those days uh, uh, against those um those failures uh it's it's easier to sleep at night that said I'm a freaking nervous wreck. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> uh, you should, it's funny, I was thinking about this before we recorded this today. I will show you when we're done the amount of hair I had when I started doing these. Yeah, don't talk about that, please. Now, now I'm obviously like, I'm, you know, jeez, it looks fucking terrible. But what do you do, man? It's the way life is. And I'm not the type of schmuck to go out, and, no, no offense, to go out and get plugs or that's just not what I'm going to do. Well, I'll eventually just shave it the fuck off. There you go. Because that's what it's about. So um, I asked about the den because this has been my home away from home, right, since, uh, I mean, August. And I've documented a lot of what I've gone through here. Um, and that leads to the point of why we're here really today talking, which was mental health in, in this business, not just in insurance, right, but I'm talking about in sales uh, and also in life. I think it's as men, we are already at a disadvantage because of the way that we are have generationally been trained 
to do the things that we now know we should have not been doing. We should have saying, okay, let's let it out and let's have this conversation right. and open up versus, you know, 90% of all mass shootings being committed by men. You know, you see that when you look at the um, depression versus suicide rate amongst men, I mean, it's astronomically higher. And so, um, sales is mainly comprised of men and especially here you know there are some great looking women here there's a lot of good looking men a lot of men we take care of our shit but we're not open about who we are and i think that's something that perry brings to the table because he allows us to do that yeah what me what what other company besides insurance in general just company in your experience have you sat down with the entire team on a friday in a room and shared emotional shit and literally i think everybody in that room cried i know it was it was ridiculous um yeah uh, it, it starts at the top and just like any organization and uh, with with perry his dna just runs all the way down to all of us mm-hmm. and being able to convey just that openness this is who i am there's going to be people who hate me good on them such is life and and uh, but this is who I am. You can love me. You can hate me. If you if you hate me, you should probably leave. You know, that's that's it's, it's, that's it's, it's, him. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And uh, to be able to be in an environment here where we can, you know, we can blow off steam. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll I'll tell you. Sometimes blowing off steam at home. It's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reaction is often times not what you originally um, had expected it to be. I would suppose. You know, and and it occurred to me this week. It's 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 not that the people involved at home are are wrong. It's just they're not meant to handle that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. That's why so we're here. we we have other vents and avenues that we can we can do that. And I, I love that. I love it. Well. You know, I know that um, this business, all the cool and fluffy stuff aside here, you know, this is, again, this is a very, we're one percenters here. Not, not, I mean, yes, obviously the agents are because we put up numbers that nobody else in this business does in an agency like this. Yeah. However, the way our culture is, right? So that's why I think mental health is important because our culture supports the outpouring of emotions and, you know, the acceptance of such. Now... I can attend firsthand, I'm sure you can, that most of the time, I mean, maybe even in the church too, is that leading with your emotions and being mentally fit, or it was kind of, there was a negative stigma, right? And it wasn't that mental health wasn't the, the priority, it was that there, nobody was addressing what mental health actually comprised of, you know what I right. mean? It was like, oh yeah, mental health, well, you should always be happy and cheery, and that's why, you know, they created Xanax, and they created all this other cool shit, but then we realized that that shit only kills people, and so there has mm-hmm. to be a different way, you know, and it's it's a psychology of it, and it's really going back and understanding, okay, for me, my mental health is really rooted in my insecurities, like in my insecurities within myself. For sure. And, you know, as men, we deal with this, right? We can talk about the, com- the compartmentalizing of emotions and actions and fears and trying to be the bear and the big man and yeah, especially as a dad now, because I get it. Yeah. I mean, that, I'm a fucking, my kid's seven years old. I'm a, having a hard time over here trying to figure out who I am. I'm like, fuck, you know, and that, but that is what it is. And I mean, I think I'll, I'm gonna, I'll shut up in a second, but admittedly over the past five weeks, for, well, I'd say six weeks, I have been in probably one of the most craziest mental funks I've ever been in that has 
affected my business, but you know, it's also taught me a lot about who I am, right? It's, I think being self-aware is probably one of the biggest strengths anybody can have because you know how to handle yourself in any situation, or at least you'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that's for me dealing with mental health has been um, understanding who I am and then accepting that I'm not a fuck up and then it's okay, or I, that I am a fuck up and that's okay to be a fuck up. And that through that, it has made me a better person and that sitting here looking at my past is only what's making it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary Vee always, I don't, you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? Mm-hmm. I love how he always sits. I, ne- I never look in the past because I don't like wearing a neck brace. And, right. You know, it's like the <laughs> same thing, but we oftentimes, I know I do it. I'll be the first person to tell you that I fucking spend you know, 30 minutes a day, 40 minutes a day wondering what could have been, you know? Oh man, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think my daydreaming life would exist if the negativity didn't exist. Um, I mean, that's really what it comprised, it's, it's comprised of. Uh, for, for me, a lot of my mental health, um, and I'm just be open here, I am an ADHD 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know most people in our field are. It's hard to sit down and concentrate for 12 or 14 hours uh, a day. Holy crap. So um, I was... Diagnosed as a child, and I was one of those Ritalin babies mm-hmm. that me too. It, it I'm actually, the same age as you, so yeah, yeah right it, it actually worked for me. Um, until somewhere in my teens, I stopped taking it. I don't, I don't remember if it was an insurance issue or whatever. I don't know. Um, my parents cut me off, but my teacher wanted me to do it. My, I remember, I'll never forget this. And um, Stephanie Grimes, I love you to death. You're an amazing woman. But your mom was the one who, uh, she was my Spanish teacher in seventh grade. And she was the one who um, told my mom I should get on ADHD medicine. And she was absolutely right. Because I'm a, I mean, you saw me walking around here trying to set this up and three different things coming at me. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Jesus <laughs> Christ, what do I do with the squirrels everywhere? Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, um, went about 20 years 20 plus years without any kind of medical treatment mm-hmm. um, by the grace of God I graduated college in my car like literally I, I had to get off campus to what do you mean like to, to, to do homework oh. to do homework so what, what we were dating at the time but what what I would do is I would get in my car with my my homework I would go drive all the way across the Metroplex, I'd sit in the parking lot waiting to pick my wife up from work so we could go on a date. While I did that, I was doing homework. That way the Xbox wasn't there. Um, Good man. It was a while ago, so we didn't have Facebook on our phones yet. Um, How long have you guys been together? Uh, so uh, almost, it'll be 11 years next month. God, you're fucking old, man. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's showing, too. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't have any of the gray stuff yet, so, but my hair is falling out every time I brush it. Again, I, I don't want to hear it. So I believe in, again, being open and documenting what's going on. That's why I did this in the beginning. So I'm going to get mushy for about 20 seconds. So uh, part of the reason why, guys, and I don't know if I've told you this about what's happened to me physically and, you know, what's what I've been diagnosed with over the past seven or eight, well, really eight weeks, uh, eight weeks as of Thursday. So first and foremost, I have a, a blood disease that's in about 3% of the global population called hemochromatosis. Okay. You know what that is? No. So you, do, you know what anemia is, right? Mm-hmm. You have a lack of iron in your blood. So mine's the exact opposite, where my blood stores and produces a surplus of iron. So you should be magnetic. 
Pardon? You should be magnetic. Uh, that would be really fucking cool. Actually. <laughs> um, but I think it's probably fairly obvious for those of you who know me. I don't make the. I haven't been known to make the best lifestyle choices as far as you know drinking. I do smoke cigarettes. Uh, however, it's neither here nor there. But because of those decisions, I have now been diagnosed diagnosed with type two diabetes because of the the combination of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so come to find out that half of any or half of all hemochromatosis patients patient patients are diagnosed with type two diabetes. It's completely reversible, it's completely treatable. However, sure. it was a big fucking blow to me mentally, right? And yeah. I mean, dude, talk about mental health, man. I mean, that really fucking scared me. I remember driving to work on a fucking Friday morning and my doctor calls me. He's like, hey, can you come in the office today? I'm like, it's 8.30 in the morning. No, I'm about to be at work. What's up? He said, well, we need to talk. Okay, well, when can you talk? Uh, well, let's get on the uh, virtual call at 1.20. I'm like, dude, that's fucking like, that's five hours from now. That ain't gonna work for me. What, what's up? So, of course, I had to wait. And uh, when he told me that, man, I was just like, fuck. And it, it, you never think it's something like that would happen to you. I mean, obviously, you were born with spina bifida, spina, spina bifida but, it, you know, when shit like your back, you know, getting surgeries, you never expect that. So, anywho, um, that was my 40 seconds of mushiness, and I apologize, but I just, again, no keeping it real. Um, you won't see me. I mean, the whole theme of, well, part of my show is I always had a drink, right? I always had a beer. I mean, I have my Celsius right now, so I'm substituting, but... Um, Part of the New Agent podcast was always being real and being honest, and so that's we'll keep in tradition with that. So, absolutely, yeah, man. Um, mental health to you, what's what does that mean? It's a broad scope, man. Um, being you and being okay with you, and realizing that you're not going to be perfect, not analyzing all of those imperfections as if there was something that could be done about them. Mm, Fuck yeah. Um, It's easy to say. Mm -hmm. It's not easy Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. Especially, like you said, as a a man, uh, we we have the role of taking care of our household. Mm -hmm. That on a physical, financial, and emotional level. So if I'm taking care of my family on an emotional level, the thought process for me naturally is to hide my emotions. But mm-hmm. that's not really being real. Doesn't serve you or anybody else, right? And it, it doesn't. It ends up working for a season and then blowing up. Uh, usually in a fight, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just authenticity. Um, and being okay with the reality that you are a broken person in a broken world. Yep. Sorry for the audio interference there. Cool. That, that's mental health to me. And uh, I, I don't know. Outside of that. I, I, you hit it right. I mean, to me, you hit the nail right on the head. I think part of it, too, for me is not giving a fuck about what anybody else thinks. That's always That's been so my biggest hard. part. I know it's and it's so easy to roll off your tongue because it's you're, everybody saying it right. It's a fucking hashtag. It's a catch line. It's a t-shirt. It's a hat. You know, it's probably on somebody's fucking shoes for all I know. But it's true. It's actually a sub-diagnosis <laughs> to ADHD. It's called yeah. RSD, which is uh, rejection sensitive dysphoria, which sounds like a really really weak thing but it's this reality and it it it, some are even tying it to complex ptsd 
uh, because of all of the screw ups that we've had over the course of our lives and them being amplified by um, people who are not like us mm -hmm. being upset well, with man. said screw ups. And now we have this too. Yeah. And so, it amplifies it amplifies that self conscious even more where so, we're like Yeah. yeah so so the reality is you've got that going on in your head and I'm really afraid that that a, a lot of the people that that uh, that don't win this battle um, is because they have an inflated view of the negativity that people see when they see them, mm -hmm. and um, you know that's a struggle for me. Me and you both self-inflicted too, which is the worst part. Oh, for I mean, sure. Because I can guarantee you when I walk in here and I'm like, man, I fucking something's not right. You're not sitting in the corner like, man. I that motherfucker right there has got something wrong with his ass. You know, like I, but subconsciously. Well, I mean, I did today, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually texted you earlier about this, but we were supposed to leave it alone. No, um, but it's true though. You know, it's you, you, we make these things up, yeah. right? And it's, uh, I was listening to a book called I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck, or I, I just finished it. I'm on the second go around on it. And he talks about walking in with your chest up and, you know, being confident in who you are and uh, being able to, be vulnerable in the sense, but also be confident of yourself. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a really good book that we should, you should definitely check out. So that's neither here nor there. So look, it's 545. Um, it's, we've been doing this right at 30 minutes. Um, I want to keep it right at 30 minutes for the first episode. I would like to kind of get sure. some feedback from the crowd. I know you're going to be putting this on your channel. So I'd like to get some feedback from, um, from your side of it. Um, but you know, this is going to, again, we're going and going back full steam. I do a, a, an episode a week. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to have you here more often. This is something obviously part of, you know, where we are now, which I know a lot of you guys have probably seen this background here uh, because I used to film a lot in Derek's office. And yeah. so his view is obviously, you know, roughly the same. Um, and so being in the den with larger space, you know, I want to have more people that, you know, Matt came in here and was like, oh, that motherfucker always tell me he was going to let me do it. But this is fun. And this is a way for you yeah. to get out. And like, this is part of mental health, what we're doing here. So, um, I will let you do your little close, whatever you feel like you need to say, you know, do rah, rah, I don't care, but, but I'll close this out and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I, I, again, I do appreciate the opportunity to, to join you on this, on the show. Um, man, it's fun. It is. It, it's, it's, it's really fun to just sit here and just chew the cud. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, don't really get a chance to, for me getting, the opportunity to just sit and talk about whatever the heck flies through my mouth doesn't happen because everything I do, I communicate with a purpose. And this is, yes, this has a purpose in the background, but mm -hmm. for right now, I feel like I'm talking without a purpose and it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, there's no, there's no, you know, and I think I mentioned this earlier about the way that Nick and I had handled the, the flow of the conversation. And quite honestly, I mean, him and I vibe really well. We've known each other since we were, you know, 16. So it was a different story, but it's about being able to um, have a conversation with somebody and be able to go back and forth and just be real about it, you know, yeah. and it, um, it's fun. 
you know and then what i love about it is and we'll get into this after but like the audio aspect of it and you know talk you know seeing what you sound like when you're here versus when you're here yeah you know, what's the difference yeah. like what levels are i good. know there's going to be a difference <laughs> yeah well and you know you but you here's the thing is that this for me has been always been a learning process right like what can i be better at i've i've read or you know done a bunch of um research on you know what's the best equipment blah 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 but it always boils down to uh, the person behind the mic it doesn't have anything to do with the equipment. Yeah, it's nice to have nice fucking equipment, but at the same time, you also need to know how to have a conversation. Right. And also, you need to know when to shut up and when to talk. Right. So, um, but yeah, so what we'll do is this. So this is episode, this is season two of the New Asian Podcast, episode one. All right, so right on. you and I will do an episode 1.2, right? Episode one, version two. Uh, down the line, maybe three or four episodes from now, just to kind of circle back because at that point it'll be a month and kind of hear, you know, what Sweet. new things you've run into and we'll dive more into mental health but also more into your experiences here uh, at the den and kind of what we're going through. Cool. Right on. Right on, brother. Well, hey guys, um, look, I'm going to take a look at the camera. Thank you to everybody who has reached out, who has always been supportive of me doing this documentation of my crazy life and this journey through health insurance. <laughs> Uh, especially being at the den uh, i thank everybody for welcoming the new format that nick and i went to and i appreciate you all for uh sticking with us and coming back because i think that's going to be a big thing but other than that i bid you all adieu you have a blessed evening thank you for your time i'm out of here all right all right all right that's it man and i'll cut it off here um and then i want to see so what i want to do real quick while this um buffers we are going to see what the audio code.